by show of hands, how many of you uh, grew up going to church? How many grew up going to church? Okay. Looks like probably half and half almost. Um, I did. I did as well for those of you that raised your hand. And, and if you did raise your hand, let me, let me just ask a question. You don't need to raise your hand to this. But for those of you that grew up going to church, I wonder how excited you were about it. Like, how, how pumped up you were. Like, you couldn't wait until Sunday morning. And it was the most exciting part of your week. Like, if your parents would have said, Junior, you can either go to church or, or we could maybe take off to Disney World. You'd be like, church, church, church. You just loved it that much. I wonder if that was you. <laughs> okay, I know your answer. So, um, for, and some of you, that could be. I know people that were, had very, were, were that excited about church growing up. I was not. And I don't, I don't blame the church. For those of you that don't know, I grew up in a small town in South Dakota. I grew up Catholic. And, um, and it was very, like, I didn't get it. I just, it was, for me, it was very methodical and boring. And I, I didn't understand it. And I, I'm not blaming the church. It's just, just where I was with it. But uh, I'm telling you, if I would have had the choice and my mom was like, you want, you know, you want to go to Disney World or, or church? I'd be like, I would pick Mickey over St. Mary's, like, any day of the week. So, I, but I... I would do anything to get out of it as a kid, like anything. And uh, it, it wasn't all bad, I'll say that. Today we're celebrating. We celebrate once in a while. Like we even broke out the wine, like for real. Eight years old drinking wine at my first communion. I don't know how wise that is, but that's, I, I remember drinking it. It's, we don't mess around with grape juice, no Welch's. It was the, the real deal. My first drink of wine at second grade, that first communion on that Sunday. And then Monday I had my first hangover. So anyway, this, it, that kind of ruined it. But um, as I tried to get out of it, like playing sick, in fact, I remember doing that. It was either for school or church, probably both. But my friend would give me an idea, like you know how friends give each other ideas, they're always godly. And uh, he, uh, this will date me a little bit. Do you remember the thermometers that were like the stick thermometers with the mercury? Yeah, I mean, if you're under 30, Google it. They, 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 we didn't always have one of these swipe deals. Um, so my friend is like, hey, put that thermometer thing on a light bulb, and it'll jack it way up. And, and then, you know, your mom will think you're sick. I'm like, that's brilliant. I'm like, I'm going to do that. But he, but he said, you got you to be smart about it. I said, all right, well, talk to me. And he said, you got to set the tone the night before on Saturday night and kind of make it seem like you're getting sick. So I remember Saturday night, oh, man. Just don't feel good. I'm going to go to bed. And you set the tone, you know. And the next morning, my mom getting six kids ready for church, running around. And I got my thermometer in my hand up against the light bulb. I'm like, I'm the smartest guy in the world. So I'm doing that. And I hear my mom coming down the stairs. And I quick put it in my mouth. Now, they were interesting thermometers. They could go a couple different places in your body. I prefer in my mouth under the tongue. And so I had it in my mouth under the tongue. And my mom comes in. She's like, oh, sweetie, how you doing? I'm like, oh, mom. Mm, no. Disney World, yeah, St. Mary's, no. And my mom grabs the thermometer and she looks at it. She's like, oh, 112. Get your butt out of bed. Get some clothes on. You're going to church. So I overcooked it, you could say. So a little bit, my mom just didn't believe that I had that high of a temperature. But I would do whatever it takes to get out of church. I just didn't enjoy it. Meadows, the arena that you've stepped into today, the arena that you've logged on today, we believe in one, a few things about church. And you probably already figured some out. We don't believe the church should be something that you have to endure. We think you should actually enjoy it. We don't think the church should be something that you have to tolerate, but instead, it's something that we get to celebrate. See, that's what we believe. By the way, did you hear we're baptizing 10 people right over here? I mean, so we, 
And I don't diss other churches. There are different churches for different people. My mother, God bless her, I love her. If she lived uh, two minutes from Meadows Church, she wouldn't go. Because she would find the Catholic Church and go to what she knows and what speaks to her. So um, there's different churches for different people. But I just want to tell you kind of the arena you stepped in today and who Meadows is. And uh, I just think we got to get our joy back. I think we got to be able to laugh and have fun, don't you? I think we got to get back to like our middle school days. Don't, you know, middle schoolers, they laugh and giggle at literally everything. Everything. Like a middle school boy, all you got to do is say, poop and they're like on the floor just giggling but there's something i mean that's maybe a a stage they go through i, I swear middle school boys it's all about bodily functions it all like you could study for a science test and tell them hey pick something solid poop pick something liquid pee mm, then you're scared to ask pick something gaseous it's like you know i'm not gonna pick it i'll show you you know so um and i get it maybe poop jo jokes aren't your number one favorite thing but i bet they're a solid number two Anyway, so, all right, I digress. Some of you here, you don't have that joy. And you know it. You see, it, you see people clapping and laughing and celebrating. And you may be doing, doing it on the outside, but on the inside, you don't have that joy. And, and in fact, you have a, maybe, maybe you feel depleted. Maybe you feel depressed. Maybe you feel weak on the inside. If that's you, I'm glad you're here. We're in a series called Spiritual Discipline 101. In this series, we're looking at um, spiritual disciplines. It's actually called Spiritual Fitness 101. And we're looking at spiritual disciplines like prayer and meditation and study. And today, we're looking at this, this, the discipline of celebration. There is such a thing. And, and I'm so excited about this series. It was going to be like 21 days of prayer. We've doubled it. God said, you know what? Why don't you praise me for 42 days. And we're like, God, we're going to praise you all year long, but we're going to be intentional doing it together. So this series is going to continue for three more weeks, and I'm so excited about it. So, but celebration, we need to do more of it. Nehemiah 8.10. It's, uh, you probably have heard this, even if you're not a, a church person. The joy of the Lord is our what? Our strength. Think about what we just said. You feel weak, you feel depleted. The joy of the Lord is is our strength. I wrote down celebration brings joy into life and joy makes you strong. Did you know that? Joy makes you strong. That's what the word of God just said. The joy of the Lord is our strength. God wants to strengthen somebody today. That's why you're here. God wants to, to inject, infuse, impart joy into your life today, celebration into your life today. God wants you to leave different than you came. It's been my prayer all week that we do. I want to invite Avi up to the stage. Would you put your hands together for him as he comes up? Are you nervous? Yeah, I'm kind yeah. of nervous. <laughs> You're good. I'm proud of you for being here, and thank you for sharing a little bit of your story. Thank you. The church, we exist to lead people to Christ and their God-given purpose. And I, I believe that there's a lot of businesses and churches that have a sayings on their wall and statements of core values. But very few even know what they are. And then very few live it out. I am proud of our church and what God is doing because so many people are finding Christ and finding purpose. Avi is one of them. So Avi, start by just telling the people a little bit about you. I, we know, I know for a fact, because you told me you grew up in South America. That's correct. And you just moved here when you were 15 years old with your, with your mom and grandma? My mom and my little brother and my sister. And your sister, okay, yeah. okay. And you live in Lincoln? Correct. That's, I live in Lincoln. Well, 
nice to meet you. I'm Avinish. That's my full name. Avinish? Yes. Okay. Um, hold the mic a little closer. There sorry. You go. That's okay. And um, I came in the U.S. five years ago, and I came from South America, um, a country named called Suriname. And um, I came here to have a better life and all that. And uh, yeah. So you live in Lincoln. You came from South America. You're sitting at Meadows Church in Papillion, Nebraska. How did you? How did you? How how did you come to Meadows? How did you get here? Uh, I started coming to Meadows because of my cousin slash my brother named Anthony. Um, he introduced. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he told me about Meadows and all that, and well, first my life was kind of falling apart because I was going to school, failing school. I, I was trying to overcome my addiction. I was partying, you know, and yeah, and I Nobody just... here knows anything about partying. <laughs> no one knows. This is Meadows Church. <laughs> Welcome home. You found home. And um, I just wanted changes in my life, and I thought it was time for changes, and I was craving the changes. And Anthony started preaching to me and um, started praying to me, and I was like, wait, what is he doing? Because I'm Hindu, you know, um, um, and I was like, I really felt uncomfortable because he started preaching, he started praying, he started saying the Lord's name and all that, and I was like, whoa. You know, so just describe, so let's park there for a, for a second. You said, I'm Hindu. Yeah. So what was that? I mean, did you grow up going to like a religious service or, or not? Or how much did you know about the Hindu faith? I did not know a lot about Hindu because my dad only told me to go pray. And that's basically it because um, he didn't tell me, you know, about the whole full history or the story about Hindu and all that. So you didn't know it? I didn't know nothing at all. I just knew how to pray, and that's basically it. Okay. Yeah. So that's it. You, you knew, you, I'm supposed to pray. That's what you did, but yep. wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what I had who to you're do. praying to or what yep. you're doing. Yep. I didn't so, know. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. So when you, you wrote something down that was so key, when I asked, when you told me about Anthony, you said, um, I was the person uh, he, as his one. You said, Anthony chose me. What yep. do you mean? Um, he chose me for a one-for-one. One. So what this, I want you to hear that because at Meadows Church, we always tell people to pray over your ones. Uh, a one is a person that you know that maybe they don't have a church home or maybe they don't know Christ or whatever the case is. And we pray specifically for our ones all the time. And uh, so Anthony was transformed through Meadows Church, his, his cousin, and was saved here, baptized here, and then he starts praying over his one. But what I love is he didn't just pray over you. He went after you. Yep. <laughs> and like you said earlier, he's praying at you. He's preaching. He was on fire because he had just got saved. Yes. And I you're know. like, dude, you're weird. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what you're saying makes zero sense to me. And yeah. I love how you say, finally, he backed off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, because I, I felt really uncomfortable, and I didn't know what he was talking about. And I, I literally start seeing him for weeks. <laughs> and it, this literally took a whole year of progress of me coming to church, you know, and now trying to get baptized, which is crazy. Oh, you're not trying. It's, well, it's, it's going to be. It's going to happen. <laughs> we have to throw you in there. So, uh, so here, listen to how God works through this story. 
Anthony gets saved. He's radically changed. Uh, same culture, grew up in the same country. You reach who you are. Um, I, I could have never probably personally reached Avi myself personally. Anthony could. So Anthony goes after him. He's like, I don't understand what you're saying. All of a sudden, the hard times hit. Yep. You're struggling in school. You said you're struggling with addiction. And you realize your life's falling apart. Yes. And then who do you go to? The seed that was planted, you go back to Anthony. He brings you to Meadows Church. Describe your experience when you first came to Meadows. Um, I remember my first time trying to come to uh, Meadows Church. I filled out a green card. Yes. <laughs> I, filled, you, <laughs> I filled out a green card, and um, I received my gift, which was good. I got a nice mug. <laughs> it is nice, huh? Yeah. You probably used it this morning. I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, used, um, I got a gift, and... Um, I remember when Aunt, when Pastor Monty um, gave us a message, and I started bawling. I just felt different. Everyone was so nice to me. I felt welcomed. I just felt home. You know, I felt the calm. I felt the peace. And yeah. Did you hear what he said? I just felt home. And you wonder why we say welcome home every week. And Meadows won't be for everybody. That's okay. I'll help you find a church that is for you. I don't even care. But when it's home, you'll know it. And I love that he said that. And what's so unique about your story is it wasn't some emotional, like, like you, Anthony contacted you a year ago, and then you start coming, what, six months ago. And during this whole journey, you're seeking. And, and Avi would come up to me after service and he would, he, and I'd be like, what do you think about this Jesus? He says, I don't know. And he, he wasn't making decisions. He wasn't like getting emotional and saying, oh, I give my life to Christ. And he was like, I don't know. I said, you keep seeking. Keep getting the word of God. Keep asking questions. And he did it. And you kept seeking. And I wrote it down. You said, I had to start all over. I, I had to do it step by step. Coming, observing, week by week, every Sunday at Meadows Church. It took me a whole year to realize Jesus. And you said, as I started taking these steps towards Christ, everything around me started changing. changing. Describe that. Um, I mean, what, what, what was changing? Everything around me started changing. I, I felt joy. That's number one. Um, I, I felt lightheaded. Like, I felt calm. And then after that, um, I, I'm moving to Omaha, which is a great thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm starting my new job at SCI, and um, everyone around me is just amazing, you know. They welcomed me here, and um, we just laugh, and yeah. <laughs> so one of, the, one of the, you know, walking with Christ isn't cake. It isn't easy. If it was, you know, everybody would be like, oh, yeah, but it's, you step into a, the arena of Jesus and he lives in you. Jesus says, you know, you will have trouble. You will be persecuted. And, and you've seen that. I don't want to say persecution, but, but when you grow up in a Hindu family and then you go back to your, your maybe your mom or, or your grandma or sister and you say, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a Christian. Christian. I, I have Christ in me. So you have those conversations and... I mean, I'm, I, I know you, you told me personally, you said I was scared. Uh, yeah. I was, you want to describe, you don't have to, but if you, you want to no, describe a little bit of that? Yeah. Um, I went to go, my biggest fear was telling my grandma that I'm Christian. That was my biggest fear because I don't know how she'll react, you know? I don't know if she's going to like, you know, 
make a whole tornado, who knows? I don't know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, I, I went to go, she called me actually. I, I didn't call her because I was not gonna tell her. She called me um, and I was like, hey, um, she was like, hey, I'm awake right now, can you come over? I was like, yeah, that's fine. Um, I went over, um, we talked, you know, I told her about me moving and all that. Um, and we come to Omaha, I have a new job and, and all that. And I told her, um, I couldn't have done all this without two persons. And one is God, and the second one is my family. I cannot do that, all that, me moving and all that, without those two people. And the one God that helped me a lot was Jesus Christ. He helped me, he pushed me through everything. He pushed me through my addiction. I've been sober for a month now. Ah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Um, I've been sober for a month now. I graduated high school. I, I moved to Omaha. I've told you that. Yes. And my new job. So I, I told her, and she was like, that's amazing. She did not, like, made a whole tornado, you know. She did not walk out. I mean, you're still sitting here. I'm still, I'm still alive. So yeah. that's good. <laughs> so, yeah, she, um, she did not fully support me about it. But, again, you know, it's not about her. It's about me. In the, end of the, in the end of the day, it's about me. So, yeah. What you just said there, I hope you really heard. He, he, he told his family, his grandma, she's not overly supportive of what he's doing, but she loves him. And, and that's not changing. Yeah. We, I know we all want to hear the story of, oh, yeah, she's good with it and all that. No, we, we'd rather give you the real story. Um, it is your decision. I, I, from a Catholic background, I have friends that are, that grew up Catholic and they won't, they don't enjoy maybe the church. And I'm not, I'm not anti-Catholic. I'm, I got a foundation for Jesus there. Um, but they don't go to church they, and when they do, they don't like it, but they won't leave because they would feel like they would disappoint their family. And at the end of the day, what you just said, the, when, when, when we stand before God, your, your mom ain't going to be there with you. Your grandma's not going to be there with you. Your brother's not going to be there with yep. you. And God's going to ask a couple questions. First of all, what did you do about my son? And then what did you do with the life that, that, that I've blessed you with? Those are going to be two huge questions. And the first one is the biggest. What did you do with my son Jesus? You know, what, what did you believe about him? What did you surrender to him? Or did you surrender to him, right? Yeah. Uh, what I surrendered to him? Yeah, no, no, no. I, you did. Yeah. That's a done deal. <laughs> yeah. You did. But I'm just saying that's what God's going to ask us. And I think a lot of people are scared to take steps because of pressure from friends or pressure from family. Yeah. You're sitting here not because of what anybody else thinks, but what God thinks about you. Yeah, that's, that's true. It is true. Can we give it up, first of all, for Anthony, for going after the one in Avi, <laughs> Blair and Anthony. They've been up here before. They moved to Meadows from Lincoln for the church. And do you see how it spreads? They, they, they reach Avi. He moves from Omaha to Meadows for his job in the church. You serve, you were serving in the church I, am I mean, serving. you serving in the church, <laughs> yeah. you're reading the word of God, you're seeking others. And if you remember the word that Avi used when I first asked him to describe how he felt walking into meadows and then meeting Christ, you know, if you, if you missed it, here's the word he said, joy. Can you see from looking at his smile and the way he, I mean, the smile's always there. <laughs> Does it look like the joy of the Lord is, is his strength? Give it up for Avi. Thank you. 
Thank you. Is there anything else that you want to say? I want to make sure that that I uh, honor you. And if there's, I mean, we kind of talked about a few things we wanted to, but, and if you're done, that's great. But I just want to open it up if there's anything else you have. Um, I just want to say that God is amazing. He is amazing. Yeah. And he's just <laughs> getting started, Avi. Thank you, my friend. You want to bring these chairs back there? In a few minutes, you're going to see people getting baptized in Jesus' name. I, I got to share something quick. Avi's story, man, share this message with people. The joy of the Lord is our strength. He has such a joy about him, but it's not automatic. It didn't just happen. It took a year. We want to microwave it. I want to invite somebody. I want them to come that day. I want them to surrender to Christ that day. I want them to get in the word that day. I want them to serve that day, give that day. You know, we want it all right now. And God says, I, I, I'll take my time and do it on my timetable because his time is always best. It's so interesting. Jesus entered the world on a note of joy. Did you know that? If you've been to a Christmas message, you know that the angel shows up to the shepherds and they say, Luke 2, the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring everyone good news of great joy to all people. The joy of the Lord is for all people. All people are not experiencing joy. You know that. So why? Obvious. Many of you are. Some of you aren't. What I want you to know about this, this celebration and this joy is that it doesn't just happen. It's not just a feeling. It is a feeling, but it's way more. Joy doesn't just fall on us. Like, get this. We have to consciously choose it. Did you know that? Repeat after me. Say, say, joy is a choice. It is. You better believe joy is a choice. Jesus enters the world bringing joy to all people. All people didn't experience it because they didn't seek Jesus. Herod didn't have joy. The Pharisees didn't have joy. I don't get it, but Jesus, used, or, or angel, you said it was for all people. It is, but you got to go after him. The shepherds had joy that day. Do you know why? They, they, they dropped their shepherd's crook, they left the sheep, and they ran to Bethlehem. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. It said they had joy, they couldn't shut up about Jesus. You know why they had it? They chose it. The others didn't choose it. It was for all people, but we have to choose it. Jesus exits the world on a note of joy. The Last Supper was a Thursday night. After that, he prays in the garden on that night. Then he gets arrested. Through the night, he is beaten, falsely accused, um, betrayed. And then the next morning, on that Friday, he's hung on a cross. Happened quickly. On that Thursday night with his friends at what we call the Last Supper, Jesus is having his last, his last discussion with all of them. And, and listen to what he says. I'll give you two verses. John 15, 10 and 11. Just, okay, now picture Jesus. I mean, he's a real person with real people sitting at this table eating. Jesus says, listen, men, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my father, his commandments, I remain in his love. Do you know why I've told you these things? I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. That your joy would overflow. Just look at that scripture. 
and, and kind of dissect it. How are they getting joy? How is joy overflowing in their life? What did Jesus say he does? Obey the commandments. That's what he says. You obey the commandments, you remain in my love. If you're in my love, you will have joy. When you're out of my love, when you're, when you're apart from my commandments, joy, joy will be, you, it, you, it will escape you. There is a direct correlation, I want you to know this, between obedience and joy. Avi took steps that many people that go to church for 30 years haven't taken. He didn't believe in Jesus, and he's in the Word of God asking me questions. He didn't believe in Jesus, and he's asking Anthony, who is this God, and why is Jesus, is he really the Son of God? He's asking. He's seeking. He's knocking. Jesus says, you'll find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And when you find find Jesus, you find joy. So there's the direct correlation. I wrote it down. Joy is a choice. Why? Because obedience is a choice. And don't think obedience like some strict God. Do this. Don't do that. Do He ain't like that. Such a relational God. Such a loving God. He loves you. He wants joy for you. When I was in my addiction, joy was the last thing I had. As I believed in Jesus in my mind, but I wasn't living for him. I was living selfishly. Maybe you can relate to that. I'm in addiction. I'm dying on the inside. I'm miserable. I'm joyless, helpless, and hopeless. I see some of you, I can see some of you nodding like, you're either, maybe you're there right now or you've been there. Or you know somebody who's there. When we're in our misery, when we're in our sin, when we're in our dysfunction, when we're in this dysfunction... It's joyless. But when we hear and receive the good news of Jesus, when captives are set free, when blind eyes are open, when deaf ears hear, And when someone declares faith in Jesus Christ, we can't help but shout about it because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Give him praise. Father, we're baptizing some people. I want to invite the four coming up to get baptized to get on up here. As they come up, I will tell the people here today and watching online, And there's an audience. The people coming up to get baptized, they're not getting baptized because they finally achieved goodness. Mm -mm. They're not getting baptized because their, their good deeds outweigh their bad deeds. And that's the key. That's not why they're up here, trust me. They're not getting baptized because they prayed a special prayer that's magical. They're not getting baptized because of their parents' faith or their church attendance. They're getting baptized because they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. How has Jesus changed your life? Jesus changed your life. Has he changed your life? Yes. You know, since we started here in July, like, it didn't happen right away, but eventually we started seeing these amazing changes in Aiden. At home, he has become more compassionate, more empathetic than he ever was before. It's almost like he doesn't want to do anything wrong ever. And so 
we see it we see the spirit in this child like never before um for him to sit in that auditorium the whole time pay attention and listen and then be a part of youth group now um it's all just kind of beyond anything we ever imagined so i know that the spirit is in this child and i know it's hard for him to express that but we see it oh it's jesus <laughs> jesus has really changed my life by throwing me through a bunch of trials throughout my childhood i'm pretty sure jesus was the one who brought me to my family that raised me from starting at back in 2008 and when it came to me being in high school there were times when i went through some really bad depression and it the good thing is my mom in North Bend uh, saw that and she showed me two Bible verses that are by far the, my two favorite Bible verses that had really changed my life. Those Bible verses are uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 and then Galatians 5.22. Jesus has really changed my life in multiple ways that are too many to even say. <laughs> So Jesus has, uh, has really changed me um, over the past 20 years working down in Texas. I've uh, been through a pretty rough road the past two decades. Um, I've uh, worked with the 911 community for the past 20 years. Along with that comes a lot of PTSD, um, some addiction in there. Um, gave it all up to Jesus, put it at his feet, and Look where I'm at now. I've come home. I've uh, haven't been home in forever. I've met a great church family here at Meadows, reuniting with my family. Um, this time around, this new chapter, I've just I've really let him have control of it, which has really brought a lot of peace and a lot of clarity. And I'm just looking forward to this. I think uh, one of the best ways I've, I've heard it put it's a very outward expression of a very inward desire that I have, and it's just a really good road to be on right now. He's opened my life. The loss of my wife. I felt very empty. And Jesus touched me. And I knew it was time to give myself to the Lord and follow a better path to become a better stepfather, a better grandfather, a better friend, and a better Christian. I couldn't have asked for more from Meadows Church. They accepted me, <laughs> literally hugged me, and have guided me and been by my side. I pray each day. I thank the Lord for the blessings I've been given, which are many, asking for guidance, and He listens. He puts His hand on my shoulder and guides me down the path I need to follow. I've had a beautiful life. It's getting even better now. Amen. When I leave church, I feel closer to him outside of church, where I never had really felt that close to him outside of church. The day that I wanted to be baptized was the day that the last baptism when my husband got baptized. I've seen him change so much in the last, you know, five, six months that we've been coming to church and since his baptism. And he's come a very long way. And so 
it made me want to change quicker also. For the past six months, I've been on a healing journey, a physical, mental, and spiritual healing journey. Um, and what this journey has taught me was to, and is to love unconditionally. It's taught me gratitude and that time is very precious. Jesus has really changed me by humbling me um, and showing me the path to get to what I really strive for. And that's to live a fulfilling, blessed life here with my family and then eternal life in heaven with him. So Jesus has really always been present, evident in my life, but I truly believe that while my eyes have always been wide open my whole life, that my heart wasn't fully open to accepting the word and the gospel of Jesus, uh, really through his atonement, uh, saving all of us through our sins and just really move forward and never forget my old life, but understand this is a major process in my life as a person and just a son in Christ's name. So I used to worry so much about the future and decisions I would have to make and sometimes things that weren't even in my control and it was like, what was the point? And it would cause me so much stress. And then I found Jesus and he's brought so much peace into my life. And I've learned to be joyful in the season that I am and just take in every moment and just worship him. And it's been so good and he's so good and I'm so thankful. Uh, Jesus has changed my life in so many ways. Um, I built this relationship with him and uh, I just see him go before me and uh, he moves all the mountains in my life. And um, he's brought people into my life um, that, that now I hold dear and I'm just uh, getting baptized to show uh, everyone, to, sh to show him uh, how committed I am. And I'm just really excited to see where um, he takes me on this journey. And I just wanna draw close to him and, and enjoy the adventure. Let's go somebody! Wow. God, we glorify you. We are blown away. You've witnessed life change in action. What I will say to you in closing as I get ready to pray for you is this. God loves you. God is in love with you. His grace is for you. He sent Jesus like he did for them for you. Today could be maybe the day that you surrender. I don't know. What do you mean surrender? I just mean that you know you're jacked up and you know that by God's grace, he sent his son to die on a cross for you. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You just witnessed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus dying. Three days later, Jesus rising. And if you will believe it by faith that the King of kings and Lord of lords was dead and then rose, and you call on his name, the Bible says, Jesus, forgive a mess like me and a mess like you, he'll do it. And then you repent, you, want, you don't wanna live that way anymore. And you ask the Holy Spirit to come into you and make you new, he'll save you right now, right now. It'll be just the beginning of a new life. 
You're like, I didn't come for that. I came just to celebrate. I know, I know. But Jesus came for you. If you will do that, I mean, mark the card so we know. We want, we want to celebrate it, of course. But even if you don't, whatever, I just want, I just want you to do that with you and Jesus. This is, this is the time. Surrender everything. God, I believe in Jesus Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, that he would die to take away my mess, my filth, the things that I've done and the things that I've said. He would erase it all and fill me with him. And now I get to live for him. I won't be perfect. I'll still be jacked up in ways, but he's making me new every day. You can do that by calling on his name right now. In, in three minutes, the prayer team will be up here. We want to pray with you and for you. The prayer room is open over there. After that, the garden prayer room is open every Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. You come here and pray on your own, meditate, get communion. Communion is available every week in there. You can administer communion. Oh, jeez. Don't get too hung up in all the stuff, though. It's a relationship. Jesus didn't die to make you religious. He died to give you a relationship with him. You know what? Before I pray, let's celebrate one more time. I'm going to read a psalm to you, 150. It's not long, so don't get, don't get too worried about that. But it is a celebratory song. See, I think we're too quiet as a church sometimes. We don't celebrate enough sometimes. Meadows is not like that. We love celebrating. And I think what we just witnessed right here, and I know there's people surrendering out here, because of that, we're going to praise the Lord. Are you okay praising the Lord real quick here? You're good with that? Okay. Let me read scripture over your life because it's the only thing through Christ that will change you. Psalm 150, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heaven, praise him in his mighty works, praise his unequaled greatness, praise him with the blast of the ram's horn, praise him with the lyre and the harp, praise him with the tambourine and the dancing, praise him with the strings and the flute, praise him with the clash of cymbals, praise him with the clanging cymbals, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, give him a raise, give him a show, God we thank you new life in Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are blown away. I pray everybody watching, everybody here, we're, we're impacted by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the new lives that we celebrated today. I pray they know this is just the beginning of what you have for them. And for the people here that may became joyless and now have hope, that may became hopeless and now are filled with joy, may became dead and now they're alive. God, you're in the business of bringing dead things back to life. Do your thing. Have your way. Prayer team, as I finish praying, I'll invite you forward. Ah, Father, here we go. Now it's time for the most important part of the message. What happens after the message? God, give us strength, give us courage. People will be tempted to run out or maybe leave right away, but they know they need you and they know they need prayer. They're hurting and dying on the inside. God, that's why we're here. That's why the prayer warriors are here, to love and pray. I pray people will come forward for prayer and let us love them with your love. If they, if they do, God, I know they'll never be the same. 
because you're in the business of changing things. It's what you do. God, thank you for new life in you. It's all through Jesus Christ. There's one door to new life. It's Jesus. In Jesus Christ, we give you all the glory today. We love you. In Jesus' name, I pray. And the church says, hey, I want to thank you so much for watching today, but don't stop there. I want to invite you to like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, share this message with a friend. I mean, there are so many people out there hurting, struggling, and you have the ability to make an impact in their life. And finally, if, you're, if you live in the Omaha area, I want to encourage you, come join us on a weekend service. We would love, love to meet you. God bless you.